On this edition of the Iowa Business Report. I think that clarity is is helpful to everyone, whether you are in the family or whether you're not in the family but working in the business, really valuing everyone for what they contribute. Family conversations about business can be difficult. Small businesses have adapted to the COVID pandemic in a number of ways. And you'll meet a national solar energy company that is expanding into Iowa. This is the Iowa Business Report for the first weekend of April, 2021. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com. Here is Jeff Stein. Earlier this year on this program, during the Business Profile segment, we introduced you to Dr. Heidi Vermeer-Quist of VQ Consult. She's a licensed clinical psychologist and family business consultant. We talked then about her work with clients. This week, our topic is the Next Generation Leadership Program, a part of Advance Iowa at the University of Northern Iowa. It prepares family business members for executive-level responsibilities and ownership, including an education program tailored for next-generation family enterprise leaders and the unique challenges and opportunities they face. I think that a lot of people don't recognize, although some, some, some will, and it, it makes sense when you pause and reflect on it, that, that it's quite an emotional process. You know, I think when when we think of business, we we want things to be logical. We want things to be orderly. We want to have timelines, very specific timelines, often sort of short, controlled timelines. But with family business succession, it is not often like that at, at all. And then when folks don't really have a whole lot of insight into how emotional they're getting and how sometimes their emotions are keeping them less logical. It makes sense to them, but again, with the emotions driving a lot of times decisions in family businesses, that can be a real a real pitfall. And the opportunity at the Family Business Center at UNI and the work that we do with NextGens is to really help them to gain more strength with regard to self-awareness, relational work in the business, but also with the family and then some steady growth steps along the way, because there's a lot to learn when you're going from, you know, having grown up in the business to then starting to work in the business, trying to even find if there's a good seat on the bus for you in the business. We talk a lot about that sort of thing. And then having those critical conversations across generations, but also within, you know, supervisors who are non-family in the business. It's something that can be worked on well, but if it's not worked on intentionally, it gets messy pretty quickly. Obviously, anytime you have a transition, it's going to be emotional. A founder of a business, for example, they've put their life's work into it, their hopes and dreams. It's going to be emotional if it's a third-party transition. But you throw the family dynamic in, and that just introduces a raft of problems that people might have a hard time seeing. Correct. And a lot of times they they have habits of how they've interacted with their sibling that they're in business with or their children who are coming into the business and realizing that how we treat one another in family needs to actually be different in, as to how we uh, treat one another in the in the family business. 
One, one of my most staggering memories growing up with Vermeer as my family business was being told very clearly that when you work here at Vermeer, you no longer call your, your father dad. You call him Bob. <laughs> and, you know, being the recipient of that, it was strange, but I'm so glad for that kind of counsel where, where we're trying to do our best to, to have business be the best it can be, but running it with healthy business sense. But that family then still has that core of unconditional love and commitment to one another. But that doesn't mean that everybody gets to work exactly the same and with equality at the business because those are just two different worlds and to respect the health and well-being of how those two different worlds need to function is good. But it, it inevitably gets blended unless families and family business are willing to look at that and willing to work on those boundary differences. And the example you mentioned, it seems to me that sets a really good example for everyone else in the business, because if you were to call your superior dad, then they <laughs> that's going to ostracize people and introduce things that, that may not be there because perception becomes reality, does it not? Correct. And I think no, no matter what, I mean, everyone did know that Bob was my dad. <laughs> so there already was that. But anything that I could do and he could do to make those those business boundaries clear that when I'm at Vermeer, I'm an HR intern and you're CEO and that's what we do. And you know, when we're at home, then we can go back to, to that family relationship. We didn't do it perfectly by any stretch of the imagination, but I think continuing to have that, have that clarity of um, in, in business, we often talk about in family business, that that the business component needs to follow the same rules, whether you're family or non-family. And you want it to be good rules, healthy rules, healthy values, driving forth accountability and performance values, meritocracy, as opposed to entitlement and, you know, just kind of a monarchy sort of a feel to it. So yeah, that I think that clarity is, is helpful to everyone. Um, whether you are in the family or whether you're not in the family but working in the business, really valuing everyone for what they contribute. That is really an issue where you can't have the current generation make presumptions about, I'm going to leave the company to my daughter, my son, whomever, because it may not be a good fit. They may not want it. And so if you are going to do the succession, it truly has to be something that everyone wants and doesn't feel as a burden, correct? Correct. And the only way to do that is you have to talk about it. Well, that's hard. That's very <laughs> hard, isn't have, it? You have to talk about it. <laughs> it. It was funny as I was trying to do some of those kinds of crucial conversations in, in my own family business, one of my elders looked at me squarely and said, well, Heidi, you like conflict. <laughs> I looked back at her and said, nope, nope, I don't like it. I just know <laughs> we need to do it or we're going to blow it up down the line, you know, so we've got to get together. We've got to talk and we've got to learn to tolerate that. None of us are, are God in the sense of like being able to control the outcome. You know, we, we need to really listen and, and just do one step at a time, as opposed to thinking that we can determine, yeah, my second child will be CEO of this company. A lot of times though, I think it goes the other way too. the presumptions right? That, that the second generation, I know for myself, I felt a lot of pressure that I should work for Vermeer. I should work for Vermeer. It was wonderful that when I came to the family and in my mid-20s said, I don't know how I fit. 
I'm not an engineer. I, I really am not super passionate. I mean, I'm glad grandpa was an inventor, but I'm not super passionate about the products in the sense of selling or any, any of that. Now I, they are near and dear to my heart. I mean, I, I see a yellow round baler on the side of the road and it there there's literally like tingles that happen for me. So that's, that's awesome. But I just didn't see a place. And thankfully my family was willing to kind of, I mean, and we'd had some conversations. So they, they were able to say, yeah, we see that. We see that you need to go off and you need to do this clinical psychology work, which I had to explain to my grandfather what that was, of course, because he just was like, what are you doing? I told him that I help people with marriages and he thought that was really good because marriage was hard. <laughs> so that was really fun. But then, you know, there was a place and time 10 years later in which clearly the expertise that I had pursued did come in actually very handy for our family and the governance and, and ways of figuring out how to communicate effectively with each other. I think a lot of times encouraging families to just slow down, relax, and just have conversations. We're not going to figure it all out. We're just going to figure out today and then the next day and then the next day having conversations that are respectful and honest. Dr. Heidi Vermeer Quist, a VQ Consult and the Next Generation Leadership Program through Advance Iowa at the University of Northern Iowa. Learn more about her at vqconsult.com and about the Next Generation Leadership Program at advanceiowa.com. Still to come, Pandemic Small Business Survival and One National Business Has a Sunny Outlook regarding its expansion in Iowa. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Advance Iowa. If business succession planning is on your mind, consider a worker co-op. The next free seminar on the topic is Thursday, April 15th. For more, go to AdvanceIowa.com. Obviously, the COVID-19 pandemic has changed the way we do business over the past year, and some of those changes may become permanent. The U.S. Chamber notes that small businesses have been negatively impacted, but since one of the advantages of being a small business is typically the ability to embrace change and adapt operations, there are some success stories. For example, the number of freelancers in the U.S. is growing, Two million more Americans began freelancing between September of 2019 and September of 2020. That increased the freelance portion of the U.S. workforce to 26%. We also know that women lost jobs at a faster rate than men during the pandemic, so not surprisingly, women are more likely to pursue full-time freelance careers due to autonomy and flexible schedules. To reduce face-to-face contact, businesses of all forms are discouraging or eliminating cash payments in favor of credit cards or digital payments, and that has led to a large increase in digital commerce overall. Many businesses that previously did not have time to devote to developing e-commerce did so during the pandemic and have found it to be a business benefit. Similarly, as small businesses look online more and more, They're also looking for tools to help them navigate the digital waters. 
Some 43% of U.S. small businesses say they plan to expand their businesses through digital and related technology. A third have already added ways to deliver products and services digitally. Many businesses have come up with new offerings. This as previous income streams shrunk. We've told you before about distilleries producing hand sanitizer and restaurants that offered remote pop-up sites or easier takeout options. And we're aware of hotels that now offer day-rate rooms for people who need to safely work remotely but cannot do so from their homes. And increasingly, smaller operations are turning their past in-person events into digital experiences, virtual happy hours, podcast product releases, YouTube customer videos. Again, more and more screen access instead of in-person access. If necessity is the mother of invention, the pandemic is the creator of unique new ways to adapt the business experience. Coming up, clean energy, job growth, and affordable solar power, all in one business new to Iowa. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Panther Biz HQ, UNI students working with small businesses to advance or create dynamic social media presence. Learn more at IASourceLink.com. SunPro Solar is a Louisiana-based national company that is expanding into Iowa. It will be the fifth Midwest state the company serves, first in Des Moines, then soon after to Cedar Rapids and Iowa City. Sean Averett is in marketing and communication for SunPro Solar. We spoke via Zoom on Monday, March 29th. SunPro Solar is a residential solar company. We exist to give people more energy independence and to give them energy security. We do that through our solar panel installations and our, our battery storage options. We also do roofing. That goes kind of into the kind of the origin of the company was that Mark Jones started the company in 2008 and it was primarily residential construction roofing company, but recognized an opportunity to provide solar panels specifically in communities that are very underserved in terms of energy options. The company started in Louisiana. So I don't know that in Iowa, if it's the same situation, but in Louisiana, your energy options are very limited. You have the big utility company that sets the prices, controls the rates, tells you when there's an outage, you're dependent on them when the power goes down from a hurricane or routine maintenance. And that can be very frustrating on a financial end, but also just a, you know protecting your life and your home and your family on that end as well. He recognized this opportunity saying, well, look, we can go and give you a new roof, but let us install solar panels on it as well. And so that's kind of where that came from. So SunPro Solar is actually part of a group called the Pro Companies. And the Pro Companies, we have BuildPro, which is our roofing and residential construction arm. We have SunPro Solar, which is kind of the flagship brand. It's our solar panel, residential solar brand. And then we have EnergyPro, which is energy efficiency, making sure that your home is able to preserve the energy that you're collecting and that it's all efficiently managed. Those are kind of the three arms of the pro companies. But speaking specifically about SunPro Solar, you know, that's kind of where SunPro Solar came out of was we're already doing people's roofs. Let's give them solar panels too. Now, when we talk about installing solar on someone's roof, we also say, look, like if you need a new roof, why don't you let us do that for you too? You know, you don't necessarily want just any roofing company that maybe doesn't know how to handle your panels 
that might not know how to prevent different damages and leaks and of, of that nature. But, but that's something that we handle when we install our solar panels already. It's a nice added value for the homeowner when they can get their solar panels and a, a better roof as well. So what can you offer as a national company establishing new roots in Iowa? What can you offer that existing Iowa-based businesses either cannot because of scale or interest? What is it that can set you apart from existing businesses? We like to believe that our installation quality is the best, is as good as it gets. And what we do for our customers is the best. We don't stop at nothing less than exceptional customer service. Another part of that too is, you know, our finance models compete with traditional utilities better than other solar companies. So there might be other solar companies in the area, but maybe their financing models don't compete. And their experience with their solar specialist that comes and meets with the homeowner isn't quite up to the same level. We can manage to do things in a profitable way for us, but in a way that also makes total sense for the homeowner on a savings end. You know, it's nice to know that when you're working with a solar company, the solar company is going to be around as long as your panels, and if not longer. Because that's a common fear that we hear is, well, I don't know if I want to go solar with you because are you going to be around in five years? Or are you going to sell or fold? Or, But that's not what we're in this business for. We're not in this business to do that. We're in this business for the long term. We can say that we'll be here beyond the lifespan of your panels. You'll always have someone to talk to should you need answers to your questions. We also have a new power production guarantee. Uh, that's a really big difference maker. In the case of solar, when a utility fails, a customer's power gets shut down. When our system doesn't produce at the level it should, we will pay the difference. So let me let me explain that. If the system, your solar panel system, if it doesn't produce the amount of energy that's guaranteed, you'll receive the difference in cash. So that's our that's part of our power production guarantee. And you won't find that with any other solar companies. The new power production guarantee is one thing, but then, you know, just the scale and scope, we're able to make sure that every customer receives consistent service. And that matters when you're a national company. But we've found other companies really struggle with that, but it's a core of of who we are as a company. And part of our, our strategy when we go to a new place is the way that we grow and the way that we hire our sales team and specialist team and installer teams are, are growing massively to reach new customers, but it's really important to us to hire local talent. So when we come to a place like Iowa, it's not, oh, right, we're going to bring all these people from Louisiana or Texas or other places. You know, we want to come into the community and make an impact. We want to come into the community and present people with the opportunity for work and for jobs. We want to offer opportunities to great local talent, local installers, salespeople, operations people who know and understand the culture that we're selling in. By sort of baking ourselves into the local culture, it makes a massive difference and it matters. And so, you know, we want to be able to create great living wages and opportunities to grow for individuals to be the best they can be. And and, and solar is, is our vehicle to do that. So as you move into the state of Iowa, what's the plan? Where do you go first? What's the timetable for that operation? What's the timetable for future expansion in the state? Timetable is a little bit challenging because I think if you'd asked me six months ago, it would probably be a different timetable than it is now. And, and obviously with COVID is kind of changing some things. And, and as the economy is slowly recovering, that's obviously going to change some things as well. But, you know, Des Moines has been a really great starting point for us. It's a larger population center. You have a lot of homeowners who pay probably above average bills every month on their utilities. From there, Cedar Rapids is another great location for us. 
we find ourselves following that same format. You know, we have a good footprint in the Midwest. We're in Southern Illinois. We're in Chicago. We're in Nebraska and Omaha. So we're in some of the neighboring states already and in the rural communities, as well as the larger city populations. So Iowa will probably follow the same example where we'll start in Des Moines. That's been a great foundational spot because like I said, we're, we're trying to learn as much about the culture and the people of Iowa as we are trying to do business in Iowa. And so Des Moines is a great place to start. And then from there, like I said, Cedar Rapids, and then probably some of the other larger communities as well as we expand. So I wish I could give you more of a timetable, but that's a tough one to answer right now. Well, and you can't have too aggressive a rollout and then not be able to meet those targets because then the model just falls of its own weight. What's the future for this? Because some of us are old enough to have heard about solar for a few generations. I know it's a very different type of solar now, and the government has also provided some assistance at one time or another. So let's look five years down the road when we have this conversation. Either tell me how the industry is doing or how SunPro Solar is doing with regard to its Midwest expansion. The Energy Information Agency has declared that solar is now the cheapest electricity in history the cheapest electricity in history. What that means is it's making so much more sense for us to move to a grid that is more reliant on a more cost-effective source of electricity. But for homeowners even, it's saying that, well, look, like I can have my solar panels installed and my payments on my solar panels are less than what I'm paying for electricity on a monthly basis. It just makes total sense from a savings end. You know, when the power lines go down or the, you know, the grid gets destroyed, then you have, might have to wait weeks before your power comes back on. But if you have your panels and you have some storage, you can keep running without it. Sean Averett of SunPro Solar, online at gosunpro.com. The company says it will create a significant number of new jobs in Iowa, from sales consultants to installation teams and administrative support positions. And that brings us to the close of this week's program. We're back again next week at this same time. In the meantime, you can listen to all or part of today's program by going to totallyiowa.com and clicking on the radio programs link. You'll also find podcasts of full interviews with folks you hear on this program. They're listed as IBR extras and IBR business profiles. And we're also found on all the major podcast distributors, 18 of them in all. We welcome your comments. Send them by email to radio at totallyiowa.com. I'm Jeff Stein. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you have a prosperous week. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com.